Good evening once more. Thank you again for tuning in to our third episode for today. Actually, whoa. <laughs> thank you. My name is Nena Eze and it is a great honor for me to be with you. I thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. Thank you so much for listening and I pray that you are richly blessed as you listen. So we are still discussing parenting styles and in this episode we'll consider the remaining two um parenting styles according to the psychologist we'll also consider other factors that may contribute to the outcome of how a child's character turn out and quickly run through other styles of parenting that have been recently discovered according to psychology so if you listen to our, um, our previous episode, the immediate past episode for today, uh, that's Parenting Styles Part 1, you would know that we discussed two parenting styles according to um, the psychologist's uh, theory. We discussed the authoritative psych- uh, parenting style as well as the authoritarian parenting styles we we said that the um, authoritative parenting style is also known as the democratic uh, parenting style I'm not sure we didn't mention that but well now you know that the authoritative parenting style is also known as the democratic parenting style and it has been pitched by psychologists to be the most preferred style of parenting children while the authoritarian parenting style known as the disciplinarian parenting style we also touched on that talked about um, the characteristics as well as the potential possible effects that it could have on children now uh, we'll be discussing the third parenting style but just to point out um, that a parent as we all know is anyone that has begotten or that has brought forth or birthed a child or an offspring and it also includes any person who brings up or cares for another person so parents in this case um, includes non-biological parents so a parent could be a biological parent who is raising a child it could also be someone who did not biologically give birth to another person but is in a locus uh locus parentis position like standing in lieu of a parent to another person standing in lieu of a parent to a child whether as a guardian a foster parent or a close relative that has you know been bestowed the right to care for the child so um whether you're an aunt an uncle or a guardian or a third party a neighbor friend who has been given the responsibility or you find yourself raising or helping to raise another person this podcast actually does concern you so um, just to put it out there that when we're talking about parenting styles it's not just for biological parents but also includes non-biological parents so um, this is a wake-up call for us to look at and reconsider how we are raising those who have been entrusted in our care or those who um, life has given us the responsibility to care for whether as our children or the children of other people who uh, we have been um, allowed or have been accorded the responsibility to care for so we need to re-examine what parenting style we are adopting in raising them and um, see where we have you know where there are holes that we need to block up 
what we are doing well that we need to enhance and um, learn new tips on how we can improve on what we're already doing. So for this episode, like we said earlier, we're going to discuss the remaining two parenting styles according to psychologists we did say that uh, in our previous episodes that there are four main parenting styles according to psychologists uh, the first is authoritative the second is authoritarian the third parenting style is the permissive parenting style also known as the indulgent parenting style now under this permissive parenting style um, it is characterized by high demandingness and high responsiveness. So in this parenting style, we see that the parent um, has a high um, has a high parental control uh, as well as some um, high response to the child's emotional and developmental needs. So the parent has a high um, has a high demand for what it wants from the child and also responds quickly and promptly to what the child needs. In fact, sometimes to a very excessive uh, point. And that's why it's called the permissive parenting style or indulgent parenting style. Uh, So some of the key characteristics, uh, some of the key characteristics of this uh, permissive parenting style include the fact that the parents set very few parenting rules and boundaries you know they set very few rules and few boundaries for the child and even where they set these rules and boundaries they rarely they do not often enforce them so they are not very keen they could say oh uh, make sure you get your assignment done they just say it but they don't actually enforce it they don't care it's not like they don't care but they don't really you know you understand what i mean they don't really uh, the child knows that mommy is not going to check so or daddy is not going to check let's not be like i'm just picking on the mothers now or this person is not going to check so um did you do your assignment today yes okay that's it they are not asking show me you know and the child then knows that because this adult this parent is not going to ask sometimes they could tell a lie you know did you brush your teeth today yes i did you know they know you're not going to check uh and you know sometimes you may feel like checking is like a sign that you don't trust the child but at the early age they need to see at the early stage of the parenting they need to see that you will actually enforce the rules that you have made you know you say go to bed at 9 a.m uh, or it or uh, at 9 p.m beg your pardon <laughs> go to bed at 9 p.m or go to bed at uh, 8 p.m meanwhile you are not even at home you don't care you don't know whether or not they're in bed so over time they see that oh they can actually sneak out of the house and go to parties when they become teenagers or something that you you are not really keen on enforcing these rules and that is actually detrimental for the child because when the child sees that you are not serious about the rules that you are making um they they then find very very um ingenious ways to break the rules because they know you don't care about them if they know that you don't care about the rules they are making children are so smart they will also capitalize on that to ensure that they violate the rules and that is not good for them The parents also, in this permissive parenting style, they indulge the children with whatever the child wants, and the parent is often afraid to say no to the child. So you see, in such instances, the child could say, oh, 
uh, daddy i want this even if the child the father does not have the money the father will find a way to get it done you know you just always make make the child feel like whatever the child wants they can get you know if the child throws a tantrum you say okay don't worry i'll buy it for you i'll buy it for you or i'll do some so thing for you you know ch- making the child feel like he or she is the boss you know it's um it's it's something it's trying to maintain a delicate balance and that's why psychologists still prefer the authoritative parenting style because under the permissive style you the child is almost like the boss because they get whatever it is they want but they know that you are not serious about getting what you want so you make rules you don't keep them you you set boundaries you don't keep them you say um, make sure you don't i don't want you uh, make sure um you're back in the house at abcd time and they don't come back by that time you are not even there to know that they did not return at that time or even if you are there you did not um you don't care to uh to scold them or to ensure you don't enforce uh, disciplinary measures you know you cannot ground them uh when they do something wrong you say okay wash the plates uh make sure you keep your room tidy you go there you see that the room is messed up and you're just like ah this child is not listening and then you clean it up ah next time they will do the same thing because they know that mommy and daddy never enforce what they say or make sure you wash your plates after eating and then you go to the kitchen sink and you see that they dump the plates there and then you take soap and the, the sponge and you start washing and you tell them again of course they will do it a second time because they know that they'll do it again and again because they know that you will always wash it until you put your feet down and you enforce um the boundaries and the rules that you have made they will continue to take advantage of that parent and capitalize on the parents carefree attitude to to break the rules and um, the boundaries that the parents have set So like we said earlier that a parent's carefree attitude will often result in the child's poor emotional regulation skills because they know that the, the parents will often give in to their requests. You see the child uh, being very, very uh, uh, unnecessarily emotional, you know, uh, screaming in parks. Sometimes you go somewhere and you see a child screaming, I want this, I want this. And the mom will just say, okay, take, 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 take. And you, immediately you know that there's a, there's a challenge, you know, there's a challenge because a child who is properly raised will know that he or she should not even throw a tantrum in a public place. Uh, and of course, it depends on the age of the child, you know, for very little children, they don't really care. They are still learning but when you see somebody who is seven eight years old throwing a tantrum in a public place and demanding something by force and holding the parents hostage you know embarrassing the parents you know that there's a problem and you don't say that oh don't worry this person is just a child you know there was something i i observed one day um i was in a gathering and this is a gathering that was regular like um a meeting that used to take place regularly and i noticed that this child who was being uh, cared for by another another child, I would say, because this person that was caring for her was somewhere in the region of 12, 13, not, not more than 14 years old. But this um, the, the child she was caring for was um, probably less than three years old. And in the society where I stay, sometimes some people are prone to say, oh, this three-year-old child is still a child, it's still a baby, doesn't know anything. So let's not 
correct this child now you know uh, when maybe when the child is five we'll begin to tell the child that this thing that you've been doing since you were one year old is not it's not acceptable you know but uh, unfortunately at that point that character has formed and the child is looking at it like i don't really get it because we feel like children don't really understand anything but um for me i i know that i have memories from when i was probably three years old they may be a bit vague but um when i was much younger i know i remembered i remembered some things that happened as young as three four years old so um children children can actually perceive and they know when you accept certain conducts it just concretizes so i noticed that this little girl was always slapping um this this uh this other younger uh young child young person who was taking care of her you know like the 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 um the the caregiver would carry her and she would just open her hand and hit her in the face you know pull her hair you know pull her clothes and i was like this is not acceptable so one day i was sitting close to them when this was going i had to snatch the child's hand and i cautioned her strongly i said don't do that again of course the child was looking at me like what it was almost like nobody has ever told me never to do this before so the child was looking at me staring at me i of course i looked away and after a while the child started crying you know <laughs> like oh somebody corrected me somebody asked me somebody told me not to hit this lady again and after the meeting i had to walk up to the child's mother and, and complain i said look this is what i've observed your child is fond of assaulting her caregiver and that is not acceptable i don't know why she does it but you have to put an end to it uh, i don't know what's happening in your home but you have to find a way for it to stop uh, whatever it is it's not it doesn't look good and it's not something that should be encouraged and i'm thankful that she she did act on it at least um uh, for the longest time i never saw that happen again so children who are brought up by parents with carefree attitude often would develop poor emotional regulation skills you see them acting up throwing tantrums and as they grow older you see them sulking they become so sensitive they react poorly to things you see them fighting uh, because they cannot control their emotions when things are not going the way they want so some of the children from from permissible parents are, are like we said earlier they are um they often violate rules, you know, they know they can. So they violate rules. You can't expect them to violate rules at home and go and obey rules in school. You know, if they find the opportunity to violate the rules in school, they will. They often laugh, they often lack self-control, you know. Um, they just do things impulsively because they, 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 they feel like they don't necessarily think about the consequence of what they're going to do because they were not brought up to be able to think about the consequence of their actions before they they carry out their actions they are often indisciplined um like i said earlier they violate rules they are indisciplined they don't even have self-discipline for themselves you know um they have poor emotional regulation they suffer from low self-esteem they, are, they poorly manage relationships and social interactions and they demonstrate conflicted attachments a lot of the time. So sometimes you see them with somebody who is mistreating them and they want to stay with that person or they are treating the people that they claim to love very poorly, which are conflicts in their, their, um, their, their attachments.
The fourth and final parenting style, according to psychologists, these are established styles. There are some other styles that came up subsequently, but the fourth and final of the established parenting styles is the neglectful parenting style. That is the neglectful parenting style. It's also known as the uninvolved or disengaged parenting style. Now, just like the name implies, this style is characterized by low demandingness uh, for maturity and um, control. So the parents often does not demand maturity or control from the child. And also the parent does not respond to the, to the child's emotional and developmental needs. So you have low demandingness and low responsiveness to the child's emotional and uh, developmental needs. The parents in this style also, they do not set firm boundaries or standards, so they are very fluid. The child is all is just confused because they don't really know what the rules and the regulations are. Uh, they, they just do anything. Sometimes they learn a lot of things from outside because their parents have not sh- shown them, you know, what they should do or uh, what is expected of them. So they rely on friends, uh, television, media, etc. to learn things. And that is not very helpful for the child because essentially what it means is that the child is parenting him or herself. Now we know that parenting is not just to provide food, water, shelter, uh, security, etc. You have to also care for the development, the emotional needs and you know, the overall general character of who that child is going to become. Help the child to form the best character um, and outcome for him or herself. So under the neglectful parenting style, you see that the parents are not involved in the child's life and the parent is indifferent to the child's needs. The parent may also suffer from um, unresolved issues of their own that are connected to their own background or their life so you see uh, sometimes the parent is trying to treat their own unresolved issues and because of that they are not in the best position to be able to raise this child and this is really common among uh, people who have suffered from one kind of trauma or the other you know uh, people parents who have suffered from a kind of trauma um, or the other sometimes connected or unconnected to the child for example uh, victims of rape you know uh, victims of rape or um, uh, parents of a child from an abusive relationship you see that um, sometimes the, the parent is withdrawn from the child because maybe the child reminds them of the episode that had happened or even a parent who is him or herself from a very um from an abusive background you know maybe that that parent was abused as a as a child or had a terrible uh incident or event that occurred somewhere in their background that they have not resolved so the parent is withdrawn is still struggling to to take care of him or herself and is unable to care for another person especially the child so in such instances it's always best for that parent to seek help seek for help from experts and while getting help as much as you can now i don't always advocate 
giving your child to somebody else to care for. Uh, your child is your responsibility. But when you find out that you are not in the best position to care for the child, maybe for health reasons, mental reasons, whatever, it's best to allow somebody who can, conf- uh, who can, um, uh, who has the capacity to fill that role to take the child and care for the child while you get help to recover from whatever challenge you're experiencing now if that child is not removed from that environment if this parent who has these issues who is neglectful who is uninvolved and disengaged from the child continues to parent the child some of the consequences is that um the child could perform poorly in school the child could also become more uh, mentally challenged you know could become suicidal and that's uh, that's terrible um, the child oftentimes will be unable to self-regulate their emotions you see them overreacting or underreacting or thinking that the whole world is against them it's either they feel so alone or they feel like they can muscle everyone in they are prone to addictions and addictive behaviors all forms of addiction you name it uh, they are prone to um, they are prone to committing crime you know and other unethical behaviors you know they could become involved in gangs and join all sorts of things that cause menace to the society and you see that the challenge in the family the challenge in the parenting has gone beyond the home and extended to the society at large So you see that parenting is very, very important because we say that the foundation of every society is a family, right? And really, the backbone of the family is the parenting of the people in that family. And parenting should be done not just by one parent, but by both parents. And in the event that both parents are not available, then the parent who is there... I pray God to give that person the strength, the wisdom, the ability, and all that is required to raise the child properly. And like we said earlier, the psychologists have recommended that the authoritative parenting style is the best parenting style as it is deemed to have the best outcome for children. Now, it's also important for us to note that there are exceptions to um, these these uh, parenting styles, the characteristics that we have examined of the four parenting styles, the authoritative, authoritarian, the uh, permissive, and the neglectful parenting styles. There are exceptions to some of the characteristics that we have seen. In some cases, you will see that some children from some of these backgrounds do not exhibit the kind of characteristics that we have talked about. Those are exceptions. But generally, the predominant outcomes are what we have already examined um, in the past episode and this episode. Now, um, psychologists also confirm that there there are other factors that may contribute to the outcome of a child. Some of these factors include the cultural and ethnic differences, you know, the socioeconomic status and the ethnic backgrounds um, may also play a role. For example, the um, authoritative parenting style may not work in some societies. For example, where uh, the the family uh, is not properly educated, for example, like the parents do not have um, high-class education and the children are exposed to 
<clears throat> excuse me, the children are exposed to uh, better education than the parents. Um, if the parents permit the child to always question and push back, uh, sometimes it could be a challenge, and you could get to a point where the child may not even want to listen to what the parent is saying because they feel like they know more than the parent. And for for us, we can actually see that now in this time and age, many of us did not grow up with. Um, computers in our pockets many of us did not grow up with some of the things that uh, the current younger generation popularly known as gen z are exposed to and even the generation coming after them you know you see a child of five years old now they grab your phone if you unlock that phone for them they know where to find what they are looking for and you'll just be shocked like how did this little kid um find this even children who are not old enough to read and write <laughs> i don't know how they do it they've just find their way to navigate so you see that over time if you are telling them something about um uh this this as uh, this thing that they have been able to discover for themselves when they were much younger they will not ordinarily ask you questions about it or even listen to what you have to say about it they may tolerate you and be quiet when you're speaking but they are not uh paying much attention because they believe that they actually know it better than you do so you see that in such instances the um authoritative parenting style may not be the best and that's what researchers have shown that the parenting style to adopt or a mix of it uh oftentimes will depend on the cultural and the ethnic differences of the people in question some parenting styles may be more um may be more um successful in some ethnic and cultural circumstances than in others now you also need to consider the child's temperament the temperament of a child also largely determines the outcome of that child's upbringing regardless of the parenting style that has been adopted now some some children are choleric <laughs> some children are choleric some people are choleric and choleric people are very controlling they are very authoritative they have a mind of their own you know they they are they have this like almost inborn leadership qualities um so you see that for a child that is choleric, um, if, if you apply a certain kind of um, uh, um, parenting style towards them, like the permissive parenting style, they will automatically take charge and become the parent <laughs> instead of the parent parenting them, you know, because they will always want to have their way um some children are also phlegmatic some are melancholic some are sanguine i won't go into the whole uh issues of temperament because of time but ultimately the temperament of the child oftentimes will determine the outcome of the, of the parenting style that has been adopted so it's good for every parent to be able to study the, the temperament of their child understand your child's temperament for example my temperament is distinct from my sister's own so my sister um my my sister is more of like a, a sanguine at, at least she was when we were growing up she was more social she liked to go out she liked to interact with people i was just really very phlegmatic i just wanted to be there observing observing and um somehow uh, my parents like the fact that i just like to be indoors watching but they they couldn't apply the same 
uh, style of parenting for my sister because she was more sociable. She liked to be out there. She had more friends. So while I liked to be indoors, she wasn't, her temperament was not that kind. So it would have been best if they studied to understand her own type of temperament and adopt the kind of parenting measure. So sometimes you may not have a one size fit all for all your children essentially that's what i'm saying it's because as the temperament of each child differs you need to be able to find the right strategy on how to handle each you cannot you can't have the same strategy for handling all your children because oftentimes they have different temperaments that you need to consider in determining the best parenting method for them And scientists have also, uh, psychologists have also said that parenting practices also play a role in determining the outcome of a person's character. And some of these parenting practices are actually the specific actions that the parents adopt in their parenting. So the kind of things that parents do, you know, while they are raising their children, um, beyond the parenting style that you have adopted, the exact nitty-gritties that go into it oftentimes can impact how the child turns out. And we'll consider this more when we discuss the tips in the next episode. So like I said earlier, that beyond the four parenting styles, um, some people have also come up with other parenting styles, but really I just think that these are like offshoots of the four main parenting styles. And I'll just run through them quickly. The first is the attachment parenting. You know, they want to be involved um, in everything that the that that uh, that child is doing. The positive parenting, which is almost like an outlook of the authoritative parenting the gentle parenting which is uh, characterized by empathy you know always putting yourself in your your child's shoes the um, helicopter parenting is overprotective you know they are not just involved in everything but they want to they want to be able to determine you know the outcome of it yeah so they want to be everywhere determining and controlling everything that the child is doing and being so overprotective of the child the tiger parenting is very strict and very harsh this is like um an extended uh i should say um um, an extreme form of authoritarian parenting and finally you have the free range parenting which emphasizes the child's rights to make decisions and is an excessive form of the uh the last form of parenting that we just discussed in neglectful parenting because they are just not involved or you could even say an extended form of the uh, permissive parenting as well now if you want to know more you please feel free to research there are lots of materials on the internet um, in books you can find you can quickly go to parentingforbrain.com and also read more information on these as well as research further on psychology for bringing for bringing up your children Thank you so much for listening. Our next episode, we will now delve into how can we raise our children the God way? How can we raise our children the God way? Gleaning from my experiences and um, things we have seen around us. How can we learn from those to raise our children to be the best version of who 
God has created them to be. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you. Have a beautiful evening and a glorious week ahead. Please look out for the next episode that will be coming up uh, within the week. May God bless you and have a blessed week ahead. Bye-bye.